It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from Journal.com. I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlMinute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 55 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. No problem. Thanks. Completely <laughs> lost my train of thought with that. I hope you're proud of yourself. I like, I like throwing you off. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Man, I don't know where I was going, so I'll just say, looks like I'm going to be making a return to the pirate-themed movie that sparked a love for adventure in my childhood, The Goonies Minute. If all goes to plan, I'll be spending a week as a guest host on Goonies Minute, so I'll keep you posted and look forward to hanging out with Brady and Chris and talking about a movie I loved as a kid. So I'll let you know when that comes and when that's going to air, but I will probably be spending about, well, I'll probably be spending a week there talking about Goonies. I am traveling. Awesome. Got to go to the studio. I think it'll be a great time to wander on over to Goonies Minute. So if you're looking to catch up before I get there, so you have some context about all my great ideas and theories and crazy fan theories of how I can actually connect One-Eyed Willie to Pirates of the Caribbean, then definitely you should head on over to Goonies Minute and check them out and get caught up or listen to the current episodes. And then that way you know where my crazy thoughts are at the time when I'm finally on the show. But stay here, too. Well, of course, that goes without saying. you got to hit that subscribe button. Can't leave us hanging. That reminds me of that girl you listen to. I think she does a Walmart songs. And the end of her songs is subscribe, subscribe. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? You're talking about that internet viral people of Walmart where she would have at the end of her video, subscribe. Yeah, that's what it it reminds me of. Every time you say subscribe, that was what it reminds me of. So we had a people of Walmart reference now just dropped on the show. (laughs) Man, and that's even old. How many years has that been? I don't know. Boy, time goes by quick, doesn't it? Yeah, too quick. In the previous minute, Gibbs tells us that Barbosa is not a man to suffer fools nor strike a bargain with one, essentially lobbing Jack an easy retort and reminding us that it's a good thing he's not a fool. He only plays one in the lens of a telescope. Gibbs calls his bluff, which provides just the flimsy excuse they both needed to have a swig of rum and execute a toast on getting the Black Pearl back from the cursed crew. Take what you can, give nothing back. A true scallywag phrase to live by, or die for. Minute 55 begins with Captain Sparrow and Gibbs slamming mugs onto the table after finishing their toast to retrieving the Black Pearl. We cut from Tortuga Tavern to a shot of the moon amongst a few clouds. Camera pans down to the tattered sails of the Black Pearl. The ship quietly sails through in a natural fog. The minute ends with a candlelight table setting complete with silverware and all the fixings. The silver platter is delivered to the table and when the lid comes off we zoom in for a close-up of a suckling pig. I was going to oink for you and then decided not to. No oinking fully artist maneuvers there. Yeah. I mean before we talk about all the fixings in this Thanksgiving pirate meal here. I actually thought that there was kind of an interesting transition from one minute to... Or not really a minute but from this cut from the faithful tavern where we were and have been for the past few minutes in tortuga to the black pearl i mean there's really this nice transitional link between the two locations and it's the candles actually yes it is because you see candles that are in that cabin and 
when we're getting ready to zoom in uh-huh. onto the table, you see the candles there, and hint, we'll see a lot more candles here in this cabin coming up. But also in the tavern, there was a ton of candles there. So all of this candle lighting, this romantic candle lighting, has been happening in the tavern and on the Black Pearl, at least where we're going so far. Yes. But what I was thinking is with all these candles after seeing it, it's like maybe it would be safer if they actually used wall sconces. You stole my stuff here. Really? Finally. You're the one who's always stealing, so it's about time that I get a turn to do that. I mean, especially in the tavern with all the fighting going on, it seems the tavern and all Tortuga would be in flames every night. I mean, with all this chaos, it's how many times did this town burn down? Right. Yeah. Okay, what were you going to say before I... Speaking of candles, my God, the candles. (laughs) Yeah, that's a line that I would have. (laughs) You tried to steal my line. You tried to make up a line for me, and then you stole it. That's like stealing my thunder, but I wasn't even going to say that. Now I wish I had, my God, the candles. The candles, my God, the candles. That's just ridiculous. I thought ships were highly flammable. Well, they can be. Look at all the candles on this sucker. I'm telling you. I mean, every single corner is five candles all I'm over not really the place. sure what's going on. Maybe it's like, don't bring any oil in here that can catch on fire. I, I don't know. It's got to be, just... you have something covered in a lantern type thing. But I don't know. I mean, maybe somebody out there can tell us, our pirate superstar, Adam, can maybe fill us in. But were we... candles just being set everywhere? I know. I think it's really cool looking. Yeah. And even in the bar and the tavern, yeah, it looks really cool. But I don't know. With all that fighting going on, would you just want a bunch of candles lit and hanging out without any protection? At least something that would try and contain that if it were to fall over, like some kind of lamp situation. Right? <laughs> I don't well, know. this room that Elizabeth's in has a ton of candles all over the place. So you have Elizabeth's cabin here, and it has these candles everywhere. Yeah. And I'm wondering, is do you really need that many candles to light up that cabin? I mean, really. And do you need that much light in that cabin? Well, I think you'd... Well... For for doing the picture, you would. But <laughs> for just sitting in the cabin... It's pretty dark out there. There's no lights except the full moon. So maybe she did want it. But that many? She doesn't need to strain her eyes while reading the latest medical journals and stuff <laughs> on board. Is that what she's reading? She's reading anatomy because they're all skeletons... Well, she didn't know that yet. She, yes, you're right. She actually hasn't seen it. We right. as the audience know that, but she hasn't seen it yet. Good call. Right. She doesn't know. Maybe she's wondering, why are there so many skeletal anatomy books here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of candles there. I don't know if that really rings true, but it really does make a cool look for the scene. And it's the same thing with the Tortuga Tavern. It actually really creates a nice ambiance there. Yeah. If you want candlelight ambiance. <laughs> With everybody fighting in the, the scene there. I don't know. Maybe it's it's kind of cool. It kind of just reminds me of the whole Pirates of the Caribbean ride in that restaurant that's right in that grotto oh, yeah. there and on the Blue Bayou area and yeah. that stuff. It's, actually, I've never dined there. We need to do that. But oh, next time. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Yeah. So we it just tried reminds to. Me of that. Yeah, we did try and to, we but we, we did it because we just tried to show up like there's no reservations needed. Well, oh, two? It's Disneyland. It's like, Can you like, fit two people in? Yeah, they're like, get the hell out of here. Did, two for, what, 2018? Uh, what did they say? It was a huge, 
we could have got in, but it was an hours. Yeah, like, it was. We're like hours. Oh, that. The one who is actually responsible, or at least given props for all the candle settings here and this aesthetically pleasing use of them, was it Derek Hill, and they actually use those to light the shots of the camera. So that's oh, really? why in that the was cabin, all the lighting. Yeah, so that's especially wow. not in not in the tavern necessarily because there is other lighting there. Yeah, but in the cabin and somewhat to in the tavern too is that is what lit the shot that was the lighting that's impressive uh they probably used some reflective panels and things Mm -hmm. like that to help harness the light or reflect it back on the actors and stuff but yeah the candlelight was really the main focus of the light there that's impressive because it's dancing it's doing this and that and to actually get be able to tape a movie with just candlelight that's that's pretty yeah, Impressive. I thought it was pretty cool. And his, yeah. So it was Derek Hill and actually Johnny Depp and Gore Verbinski gave him props for setting that up yeah. and, and doing that direction. And so he was it act- gives you the right lighting for the scene. That it does. You know what it I mean? sets a it, different mood for that yeah. in the cabin especially. And right. maybe not so much in the tavern. It does. I think it sets a neat scene in the tavern. Yeah. But in the, in cabin, the cabin, it really has that great lighting effect yeah. there. And as I was saying, Derek Hill, he had the art direction role on the film. There was actually a few of them, but his name was specifically dropped by Johnny Depp. So I thought that I would just stick with his. Yeah. And kind of his backstory, if you will, or part of his bio, just a few quick things. He started off in the art department and then he moved into production design with recent works, say, on The Magnificent Seven, which was just released last year or earlier this year. I don't remember. Where Chris Pratt dies. Yeah. Spoiler, geez, you just spoiled everybody on Magnificent Seven. It's been out a long time. So anyways, yeah. So he's gone from a lot of that behind the scenes art, prop settings and set decorations and into production design, which has mostly been his recent work, actually. So it's pretty cool. This whole production set, the candle lighting, all these transitions. But it wasn't just about all these visuals here. And again, I'm going to come back to the music. Yesterday, we talked about the first part. or Actually, it's maybe been the past few days we talked about... Mm -hmm. The music in the first part of The Dark Ship and this music that underscores Jack's conversation with Gibbs in the tavern. And then we have the second part of The Dark Ship is played during Elizabeth's conversation here with Pentel and Rigetti on The Black Pearl. So we get that, again, that music that comes back. And then if I could step back, actually, from this whole Elizabeth, Pentel, Rigetti situation here, the transition to The Black Pearl from Tortuga in the tavern You know, it's not just a cut to the ship, but we actually start things off with the moon. This really is an important part of the movie since Moonlight reveals the curse. It's like the whole skeletons as we see with Keeler in the jail on Port Royal. But it's not just any moon again. We've, and I think we've actually seen it maybe three distinct times as shots of the full moon in Mm -hmm. the movie now. Right. And the full moon actually has a lot of great symbolism that connects quite well with what we have seen so far with the Cursed Crew. The full moon is opposite the sun in the sky. It's this whole light and dark aspect that we've talked quite a bit about and this light and dark of the characters, you know, Jack and Barbosa. And moonlight was actually thought to cause lunacy or madness at earlier points in our history. Heather's definitely been exposed to a lot of moonlight in her life, which explains a lot of things to me as well as to a lot of other people, especially since she's dancing around with some pop vinyls in the studio here as i speak so talk about lunacy that's her but as i was saying with moonlight there's also this kind of myth and stories you know that we know of what moonlight does or when the full moon comes out everybody's aware of werewolves people turn into werewolves turn into the actual wolf when a full moon is out and there's still superstitions that linger about the moon to this day 
even now, you know, many people think the mystical powers of the full moon induce erratic behaviors, psychiatric hospital emissions go up, suicides, homicides, emergency room calls, traffic accidents, fights at professional hockey games I've seen listed, dog bites, and all manner of strange events that can be attributed to a full moon. Full moon, or at least that we attribute to a full moon. It's maybe kind of like the... uh, It's an excuse... Yeah, it's something that, oh, what is that? It's like Freakonomics or something like that, where we're making a a leap or a link from one thing to another when there's maybe not really something there. Right. And even Scientific American talked about a survey in which 45% of college students believe moonstruck humans are prone to unusual behaviors, and other surveys suggest that mental health professionals may still be more likely than, say, the regular folk to hold these types of convictions about the effect of people on the moon or the effect of people with the moon, not on the moon. That's a whole different ballgame. That's biology, you know, what's going on with their cells and all that kind of stuff. But the idea that the moon represents the shadow side of the sun's light plays very well with Pirates of the Caribbean here. Or the moon reflects the mystery and fear within our souls. It reflects to all of us that we cannot see inside ourselves because we cannot look directly into the sun. So if you look at it from that point of view, the moon is kind of that, mirror that light that we can look into whereas the sun during the day of who we are we really can't see because you can't look directly into the sun except heather who with her bizarre lunacy actually just stares directly into the sun as i was saying in reality we can't really look directly into our own face without a mirror and that mirror of the moon if we want to call it that illuminates both the darkness of the night which is our kind of a representation of our shadow selves. And it reveals this truth. And here the moonlight reveals the ugliness of the pirates and what they have become. You know, they're consumed reveals by the greed. ugliness of Scott too. Their true inner selves. Jeez, I'm ta- you're taking this philosophical moment <laughs> and you just throw that in there. Nice job there. Because this is all kind of cool moon symbolism. But no, you had to go there, didn't you? Yep. And so I thought it was actually the moon symbolism is how we see ourselves and the whole what we saw with the skeleton with Keeler. Because the moonlight reveals it. It's this whole idea. It's a reflection of our inner selves, our dark shadows. You know, the sun is the day portion. The moon is the night portion and what shows up. And it's very similar to a picture of Dorian Gray. I mean, he sells his soul so he can stay young and beautiful while his portrait records and changes with every sin that he has. And the portrait becomes the ugly, old, nasty, scraggly looking thing. But he himself doesn't. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing with the skeleton crew. Or at least what we're seeing right now. With Keeler, who's been our only skeleton so far in exposing the moonlight. So it's this whole moonlight exposes the true self and the shadow self and all that stuff about greed. So we have all of this kind of representation of the moon and what we're seeing here. But then this whole idea of sin then moves on to the table at the end of the minute is where we end. Because it's, well, maybe it's more of a subtle notion, but it's the idea of gluttony. I mean, this meal... Is this huge giant meal of everything. And it takes us back to our discussion on Dante and his circles of hell. It's this one of those things was gluttony. And the Black Pearl connection, the moon, and all of this I just see fitting together, which is pretty crazy. So I don't know if any of that made sense as I was, as Heather says, rambling on about symbolism in the moon. But I really think that there's so much behind the scene of what you can look at when they show us the moon and what these true people are or what they have become inside themselves. Is pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. And it's also showing the the black pearl under that moon, and it's kind of it's all black, except for the windows. 
you know. Yeah, that's interesting because the windows are the what's lit up. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of the inside, and that's where maybe Elizabeth is. Right. And then it, on the Black Pearl, speaking of Black Pearl, you have the, if you look at the sails, you have to wonder how the Black Pearl actually sails. <laughs> I, know, exactly. I mean, is there somebody, are they down there rope? Actually, yes, that is part of the Black Pearl. Right, yeah. That's why I brought it up. Oh, that's why you brought it yeah, up. Yeah, actually. Because <laughs> I know the black, the, the black, the reason the black pearl is faster than everybody else is because when they have stale air, they can actually move, whereas other ships cannot. That's right. And they could row if they're to help that along. Yeah, that's sure. what I mean yeah. by moving. We also have the catchphrase alert here. Elizabeth throws the I'm disinclined to acquiesce yeah, to awesome. his request line back at Barbosa here, or at least. As a message for Pintel and Rigetti to relay yeah. back to Barbosa, which I thought was cool. And I always like to point out the catchphrases. And so that one's come back. And I think that's one of my more favorite Mine ones. Mine too. Yeah. Something you can use every day. Yes. I've said it to you multiple times since Barbosa said it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. And then Pintel laughs and says, he said you'd say that. He also said, if that be the case, you'll be dining with the crew and you'll be naked. Yeah, I thought that was good because Rigetti is really giddy thinking about <laughs> Elizabeth dining with the crew naked. <laughs> <He's> all- <laughs> yeah, he really is. I mean, she'll be dining. They probably won't. That's a hint to later on of what we find out about the curse. But he's pretty giddy about that and a little excited, I'd just say. Yeah. <laughs> and then when she grabs the dress... Pentel is actually a bit disappointed. And yeah. he says, fine, fine. You know, it's like, okay. And again, I got to come out with my two meanings idea again, because this has a double meaning to me that when he says fine, actually. Okay. And it's just one word line, and it and it just hit me. I mean, the first one is she gives him the look when she grabs the dress. She gives him that look that I'm not changing into this dress while you are both here. Yeah. So he says fine to that. But he also says fine to... You know, that she's, he's actually disappointed because she chose to dine with Barbosa, not with the crew. Naked. Yeah. So it says fine in that tone of he's fine, but he's not really fine because yeah. he was really hoping for something else. <laughs> it's crazy. What else did he really expect to happen there? That yeah. was, there was really only one thing or one choice that she was really going to make. Yep. He was just hoping. That he was. And actually, I forgot to mention, because you were talking about the ship. And we saw it sailing under the moon and stuff with the sails. I think the ship sailing in that moonlight and that whole scene is maybe CGI, that computer-generated graphics. No. Do you think or no? No. I mean, what do you think? I didn't look it up, but... I don't know. Do you think it holds up today? Did you really look at it or scrutinize it at all? I just thought it was kind of a neat scene. I did too. I'm, I'm not saying anything. I, I actually think that it... If it is CGI, because I got to imagine it probably is because they show the full black pearl or because it was, like we said, on a barge... Being that the Black Pearl in the Curse of the Black Pearl was on a barge or set in a soundstage and all this or computer generated, I just think that maybe this actually scene was computer generated for some reason. I didn't, like I said, I didn't look into it, but I think it really does hold up. It looks great on Blu-ray and a 4K TV. I didn't scrutinize it all that much, but it actually looked fairly good, I thought. I thought so too. I mean, sometimes those, the reason I ask is sometimes those effects don't last and mesh well with others and maybe... It works here because everything is CGI generated as opposed to maybe integrating, say, live action or CGI to make it less noticeable or something. Yeah. I don't know. Because like when we were talking about a scene earlier in Port Royal, right after the attack, you can see some of the ships and things burning out in the distance on uh-huh. the, in the harbor. 
and it didn't quite mesh quite as well. There's something off with maybe the colors or the way it looked or the depth of it, but here it looked really good. I agree. It did it did look really good. I mean, it was an awesome shot. Yeah, I Even thought it was really good. It was probably CGI. But I just really wanted to awesome. bring it up because you mentioned the ship, and then I was thinking about how that held up or if it held up in your eyes. But it, I just think that as a computer generated, if that's exactly what it was, and it, it looked really well. Yeah. And the last thing I really wanted to touch on today was the food. I don't know about you, but I was really thinking that this is a great looking meal for being prepared on a pirate ship. <laughs> It's a heck of a lot of food, but yeah, I mean, you wouldn't think be able to prepare like that to that. Back then? I, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, I don't and know. They, I mean, they just left Port Royal. Yeah. So they would have food because yeah, they probably stole a Yeah, that's a good point. A they, they got a bunch of food yeah. from Port Royal, definitely. So it's fresh, all fresh from there. I was ready to sit down for some Thanksgiving dinner after seeing that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure about the suckling pig and some of the yeah. things there. You can the pick around that. The whole head. And, <clears throat> I mean, I was just like, I could really use a giant meal like this. <laughs> when I was in Heidelberg, we found a hole-in-the-wall restaurant, and on the menu was the suckling pig. And I was actually looking at it thinking, well, for one thing, everything was in German, and I was able to kind of recognize that. And so I was trying to find something that I knew, because I can sometimes be a picky eater with some things, but I can be somewhat adventurous sometimes. So I thought, okay, is that really what it is? And I thought, well, maybe they're just doing carvings from it, like a prime rib or a ham or something that they prepare it and they just bring you some slices of it and call it good. So I thought, okay, ham, like a ham. Good thing I was keeping my eyes open because a table across from me, somebody had ordered it and sure enough, they delivered a whole tiny pig on a little platter That's to this so person. Sad. It was like a, a individual meal. Yeah. That's so sad. I thought. I'm sure glad you didn't order that. I didn't order you it. You would have been sad. Well, it just, I don't, I, I mean, it's just me and a lot of people are okay with it, but I really don't want to see the heads on things when it's coming to me. It's just like you mentioned know. the fish thing. I'm just, it's just not my thing. I'm not disparaging anybody who likes that kind of stuff or the, the meal or that stuff. But it, for me, I just not necessarily wanted to see that. And so I was actually glad I was like, it was like the, whoo, sweat from my brow because <laughs> yeah. I really didn't want a little baby pig kind of thing coming in and hanging out there as my meal. I probably wouldn't have quite enjoyed that. You probably would never have told me. I definitely wouldn't have told you. That's why I've never told you that story till now, actually. So <laughs> now there you go. Yeah. From what I understand, though, as far as real meals on pirate ships, you know, this seemed pretty elaborate as most crew were probably getting heavily salted meats and hard tacks, which yeah. is kind of a biscuit thing. Probably just because they just ransackled. Ransackled or rams- rans- rans- ransacked? Ransacked. <laughs> Look what you did. You made me say it. Ransacked. Ransacked Port Royal. And it probably just stole all the food. They had there was really no way to store it, so they had to yeah. go ahead and cook it up. And then they made it a nice elaborate meal for Elizabeth. And we'll see what happens with that in our next minute. In our next minute. So do you have anything else? Nope, that's all I have for today. Excellent. We'll be back tomorrow with minute fifty six of the Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Okay. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Give me my grog. You want your suckling pig. No. What's that, Banjo? Heather's been drinking at the Faithful Bride Tavern? Take me to her, buddy. Blimey! Passed out in the mud with the pigs? Again? This sty is your second home. Heather, wake up! The show's done and you're supposed to tell everyone where they can find us, where the after party is, and how their voicemail may be featured on the show. Banjo, get me a bucket. 
Hey Scallywags, while Banjo's getting some water to wake up Heather, it's time I say thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook and Twitter. If you're interested in our best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are at blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.